the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. Everybody, welcome to the Lee. Let's go. Episode 52. 52 weeks to mark the one year point for the best. And what do we have in store? Of course, we got our person of the week. Maybe some, some NBA talk, just a little bit. And then, of course, the first official Mickey Zizzy Awards presentation. But first, let me say to anyone that has been listening, we appreciate you. This is simply fun to do. And to Mickey, man, you have horrible takes. But you are my dog, and I love you, dude. Let's get this party started. Come on, man. Talk to me. If you smell what the podcast is <laughs> cooking. Like you said, it is the finale of season one. We have even bigger things for season two coming, but you know, we got to send off season one with a very good farewell. And I'm so excited, you know, talks from when we went to school together to now actually putting it 52 episodes together, actually technically 53. I think we had our intro pilot one, but you know, 52 official, official and uh, come so far, like we said, Yank just said, thanks everyone for listening, giving us that support. The uh, lessons are going up. Shout out to Pinnacle Supplementation, our first official ad, our sponsor, I'd like to say. Uh, you know, go get your free merch, Mickey's Zizzy Code. You already know I'll be rocking my hat a lot lately. But uh, we're going to keep on continuing the brand, continue telling everyone's stories with our interviews, and uh, keep giving you the best takes on my side and the worst takes on Zizzy's <laughs> side. All right. Let's get to it, man. But, of course, we start every episode with our person of the week. Mickey, man, who do you have in store for us today? I know it might be a little cheesy. It is the finale, but it's you, uh, Mr. Yankovic. Oh! Uh, person of the week, I think maybe once before it was too, but uh, I mean, it's the year episode. It's 52 episodes in. It's a talk we've always wanted to talk about. We're still staying connected through our Madden League now. That's one thing we really bonded over <laughs> when we lived together. But also just, you know, week in, week out, you know, doing a little bit of research here and there, keeping up with each other and doing this podcast. I mean, you got to shout out to co-host here. Uh, it's creating something very fun where – I go talk to people and I was like, hey, how's your podcast? I listened to a few episodes. Like, for that to happen is so cool. So, I want to say thank you for being an amazing person with your busy schedule, taking a <laughs> class, working two jobs, and all that jazz. Um, fitting a little time in for some podcasting. I know it can be tough at times, but uh, hopefully things start evening it out so we can, you know, continue this as well. But, yes, yes. Uh, thank you. You're the person of the week on my side. You know, and it's crazy because I did the exact same thing. Oh. I, said, I did. I did. I went my man, Mickey James Hines. I had to. It is the one-year mark. I mean, technical. I know it's probably been more than a year because we've had some delays. Like you, like we said, we both got schedules that can get pretty busy from time to time. But the fact that we've stuck with this, man, like it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. Obviously, yeah, we have other ways of staying in touch. We're always talking over Snap. We got our Madden Leagues, of course, which thank you for ring number 11. Uh, uh, <laughs> hey, it's all right, though. We got to worry about Chi-Town now. But anyway, um, yeah, no, man, this is it's just been awesome. I mean, I've enjoyed it. Like, there's you've, you said it all, man. Like, I love you, dude. This has been, this has been great. Oh, man, a heartfelt. Oh, you got to love it. Starting off with some very positive vibes. All righty. Now, I know, I know, like the awards, like I just want to jump into it, but this is the Mickey Zizzy debate show. Like, we got to do it. Like, this is the Mickey Zizzy podcast. So, let's talk some NBA real quick, man. Like, we're getting down to the wire. We're getting down to the wire. It's almost playoff time. I'm getting my, my wrists are snapping, man. I'm getting excited. But we're like, like, my, my team's on the playoff bubble, like the Eastern Conference. I don't know what's going on here. Like, uh, where do you want to go with this, man? <laughs> I mean, there's so much we can talk about from, uh, you know, Jokic being a potential MVP, you know, changing from Joel to him. You can talk about just how good the Nets are, even without KD still beating these high-tier teams. Um, You can talk about the Knicks on, like, an eight-game, nine-game winning streak, and they're the four seed right now. Like, the Knicks are back. Um, Your team and my team, yeah, both sitting there at 32 wins um, at the six and seven. You know, we're hanging on. but. Um, I guess I do want to start with that Knicks team, though. Uh, who would have thought? I mean, I know Stephen A. Smith is beyond excited. And had this Knicks team led by Julius Randle. I heard MVP chance for Julius Randle. I was kind of disgusted with the same same time, Yank. He be balling. They're a four seed. They're in contention for a very good playoff team. And, uh, you know, trust the process. Sorry, Philadelphia. Move on over because New York is uh, 
They're trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. First and foremost, Julius Randle. Like, let's not forget, this was, this guy was playing um, with Kobe in his final two seasons in L.A. Like, his transition from that player where he was at that point in his career, obviously he was still very young then, and he is still pretty young now. But his tra- the his transcendence of his game has been remarkable to watch. He is an absolute all-star. He's, he's on the verge of being a superstar at this point, especially because he's playing in the garden. You said it yourself, MVP chance in the garden. <laughs> like, uh. we don't, like that is a beautiful, beautiful sight. And we've been all, everybody's been on the knickerbockers about how like management, they've been doing all this, everything wrong. And now they finally have a team that they can build around. And I, I, I was one of the teams that still doubted them. I didn't think that they were ready, even with Julius Randle. I didn't think he was going to play this well for the entire season when we first discussed this team. But, I mean, they, they've proven me wrong. They've proven a lot of people wrong. I actually think that you had said they were going to make the playoffs. And I said, I, I think they'll get knocked out. Um, even a few weeks ago before, but obviously they're on this win streak right now. But before that, they were still on that playoff bubble. I was thinking, you know, like maybe the experience is going to come back to get them. But here they are, the four seed. The only people that they really can't touch just yet is Brooklyn, Philly, and Milwaukee. And that's only just because they're four or five more games back of first place. But otherwise, they're they're sitting pretty. They got a couple games of space on the playoff bubble. Like, uh, I think – I, I think you're right. They, they look good. And, I mean, when you're the number four seed, I mean, the success speaks for itself. It's been remarkable to watch. I know New York Knicks fans are very happy. And, I mean, Julius Randle can't have those MVP talks because he's 24. Uh, what is it? Yeah, 10.5 and 6 assists. He's leading all those categories for the New York Knicks. I mean, that alone is very great. And when you have Nerlens Noel, which, I mean, he was a great college player back in the new, but he's leading uh, his team with 2.2 blocks and a steal, like when you have that guy being playing his role as a defensive anchor, that really works really well. And then R.J. Barrett, you know, being that second guy, 17-5. and five, And then, yeah. like I said, I, And I, I don't think Derrick Rose, yes, I yep. was going to say. I think he's such a big addition for them. As far as just veteran experience, and there's been a few games where he's been able to take over and get to his 25-30 point games, and that's been so big for them. So, I, I, I mean – you're you're right, man. They they look good, and they're the number four seed. They'll they'll be competitive in the East, but I, I, they still got some things to develop before they're really ready to make that ultimate jump. Exactly, and then you also have to talk about if you have nothing else about the Knicks. I know this is a kind of yeah, hard no, quick recap. Um, Steph Curry has once Woo! again Woo! proven that he has the best three point shooter of all time. What was it? Six games of ten um, plus three pointers, and people are talking MVP. I'm sorry, y'all. He's not going to be the MVP. He's had nights where he shot one for 11 this year, two for 10. I'm sorry. My inner skip Bayless is going to come out. Um, this team is <laughs> not even a playoff team yet. I mean, uh, I think they were 10th. Let me they are yeah, the 10th seed right now. You cannot yeah. give someone an MVP because they are 10th. You also have to get wins. You have to at least make the playoffs as an MVP. So, I mean, nothing against Steph. I'm not putting any bad you know, rep on Steph Curry. He's been doing phenomenal things. The most points scored in a six-game span since Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, that's GOAT status right there. Um, absolutely amazing. But, uh, you know, you got to get your team in the playoffs to be considered okay. an MVP. Okay. All right, Mickey. I, I, I want to applaud you, and then I'm going to shame you for in the same thing. So, first off, thank you for bringing up Steph Curry because this man has been absolutely torching the league and has looked like the Steph Curry from 2016 – basically in my mind it what he has done over the last 12 games or so has been absolutely unprecedented it was 72 threes i wanted to say over a span of like six games or something more than some teams. yes yeah more than some teams in the nba most like the, <laughs> steph curry has 22 i want to say now maybe even 23 games in the nba where he has had 10 plus threes the oh, next best that, yeah. person no, no, he has had 23, I believe, Got in his it. career. He shot 10 plus threes. The next closest person is Clay Thompson. He has five. <laughs> Steph Curry has done it four times in the last 10 days. He has almost matched the next person in NBA history in 10 days. It makes it is crazy to me what he has been doing. He's averaged 41.9 points over a span of 10 games on 50% shooting from the floor, 40% from three and 90% from the three free throw line. Like Except for 10 these games. are astronomical. Yes. Over the last 10, astronomical numbers. 
So, I, I mean, to say that he can't be in the MVP talk, what would Golden State be without them? They're 30 and 30 with him doing that. So, I understand, like, what you're saying. I know you want the MVP to be on a winning team, but where would they be without that? Would they, They'd be lottery. They'd be po- probably the worst record in the league. Am I right? I, feel I wouldn't like think they'd be the worst, but you can't go based off of a 10-game span for his stats. Like, I understand the past games have been lights out, but he, there's no 10-game MVP. I'm not saying he's the favorite. I'm just saying he does deserve that. He he has forced himself into the talk, in my opinion. Like, he, like maybe five. number five, maybe. Oh, but, but, so, I mean, okay, like, yes, thirty-one five and five is great numbers. I mean, him shooting lights out, but you solely can't put. I understand they'd probably have ten, maybe fifteen less losses. I mean, without Steph Curry, he has been injured a little. Uh, I think maybe a few games. I don't know if he started. No, I think he started every single one. Um, no, he did not. But uh, you know. So those games, you know, you have to discredit those when he wasn't there. But I understand, like, they would probably be a lottery team, you know, a number eight pick in the draft type of team. But I'm just never going to give the MVP to a team that doesn't make the playoffs. Like, I get the most. I mean, they're not not out yet because I honestly, I would love any – Anybody playing against the Warriors in a play-in in the play-in tournament, I'd be worried for that because you never know what Steph Curry can do on any given night. He could walk out and have one of those fifty-point nights, and oh, you true. end up losing to the Warriors in a play-in tournament. Like that could easily happen. So I wouldn't want to have that stress. But you're right; they are the ten seed as of right now. So I mean, it doesn't. I, I get it. I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, like I solely believe that. Steph Curry has forced himself into that MVP conversation because those, what I've seen, it might have been, like you said, it might have been only a span of two weeks. I know the season's been a few months, but, like, it is ridiculous. I, I it, It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, so, I mean, this is a similar talk about how we are in the MVP talk of Cheyenne and our Madden League. Like, there's just no chance. Sure, you can <laughs> talk about it. There's no way this man will actually earn it. And I hate to say it. I really do. But – Come on now, like a 30 and 30 team. Like, this ain't no ESPN 30 okay. 30. This is right. MVP talk. So, we're talking about Jokic here. All right. All right. Well, if you want to talk about Jokic, then let's go and talk about the Denver Nuggets. Now, I'm with you. That what I, I think that he's the front runner for a reason. I think he deserves that. The stat line doesn't lie. Oh, um, the stat line's gorgeous. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's go- And of course, to me, why he's going to be the favorite and why he should win is because he hasn't missed a game. He's played every game. I think maybe <laughs> like he every single other person in the MVP conversation that we talk about, Joel Embiid might be the best big man in the league still technically overall, but Jokic hasn't missed a game. He's been more consistent. He has, he's more reliable. And now we also have a team that's without Jamal Murray, which I believe is going to be their downfall in the playoffs. Oh, but, for sure. Yeah, but the, I mean, as far as the MVP goes in the regular season, he's the glue that's going to keep them together. I know we had Michael Porter Jr. go off the other night or last night or something for almost 40, but still, like, D- Jokic is the heart and soul of that team, and he, cre- and he creates – he's the best passing big man I've possibly ever seen. Like, again, the stats don't lie. He's never missed a game. He's consistent. He's durable in comparison to all the other play- uh, players that are in the MVP talk. Like, it makes sense to me. I'll give you that. So, Yank, you're totally hitting a lot of the things. Like, nothing against Steph. You know, this is kind of the transition to this because we are talking a little MVP debate yes, here. Yeah. And you got to look at, yes, he has played every single game. He's averaging 26, 11, and almost 9. I mean, almost having a triple-double. Almost you know, a triple-double as a big man. As a big man. He is solely just – he reminds me of a Dirk Nowinski. You know, just his style of play, how he moves up and down the court. And also – don't, don't sleep on a steal. So you're never going to steal and a half, which is leaving the Denver Nuggets team as well. And without That's Jamal Murray, he's going to help solidify his MVP candidate because Jamal Murray was good. He is very good. And for him not to be there anymore is going to be the downfall in the playoffs. I agree with you there. But, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be good to help him get to that playoffs. Aaron Gordon, um, you know, you go down the list. They actually have some pretty good ball players there. But Jokic is still the head, you know, the leader here on this team, the guy that ball has to go through for – the Denver Nuggets to have an efficient offense. And, I mean, the stats aren't going to lie. He's almost having a triple-double. You know, I love it when a successful team and an individual average a triple-double throughout the year. And uh, I think he's our sole, you know, leader here. Joel Embiid, yeah, missed some few games, and he's been playing lights out as well. But, uh, you know, he doesn't have as many injuries on his team. I get that. You know, we always bring up the, if he wasn't there, where would they be debate. 
But uh, Jokic is my number one MVP for sure. Yeah, and I'll agree with that. I feel like he has to be the favorite, especially and really like you're averaging a triple double as a big man. Like big men don't big men don't pass like that. Big men don't lead the team in steals like that. Like it, it's been unprecedented. I the only thing that annoys me about Jokic is sometimes he just he just looks goofy, man. <laughs> like like he just oh, gets me. The so dirt, bad. yeah, the inner dirt. <laughs> the inner dirt, but I'm with the, the only thing that sucks is at the end of the day. I think they lose first round. As of right now, they're oh, playing yeah. the Lakers. As of right now, they're playing the Lakers, and I know that the Lakers are still <laughs> trying to integrate Anthony Davis and all that. But I, you are, I'm not betting against LeBron James in the first round of the playoffs. It's if he comes back, no, oh, he will be fine. Come on now. No, and uh, I know it's just you know everyone always talks about oh you know LeBron goes 25 seven and seven that's so good and I get at his age that is good. Oh like, no, Yoke you can't win better MVP. Numbers than that. Yeah, yeah, no, and you can't win MVP stats, when you miss winning. a month. <laughs> yeah, no, and you know I know he won't be in the talk uh, this year. And AD really hit. I think his game. Uh, I was watching a little bit, like going to the third quarter. He only had like eight points. I'm like, oh, you need to lead that squad, Anthony Davis. Like, yeah, you try to I lead mean, it once upon a time for him, the Pelicans. Yes, I will say with him, I didn't watch much of the game. I really just looked at the stat line, but it just looks like he's just got to find his shot, find his rhythm. I mean, he shot five for 19, it looked like, the uh, last night. So <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's pretty rough. So um, if he finds his rhythm, obviously, I mean, they'll, they'll get back to it. It's also it, – we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, can't be as confident with him going into the playoffs this season as, la- as last year in the bubble, in my opinion. But, I mean, it's still at the end of the day, you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis who are assumed to be healthy by the time the playoffs start. That's, I mean, and now you're going against a Nuggets team that's without Jamal Murray, who we know what he means to that team in the playoffs. Like, it's just, it's a little bit too much for me, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that is, that's going to be a walk in a park for the Lakers if they do play a beat up Nuggets team where, I mean, Jokic will be MVP. They'll steal two games. But I think the Lakers would take that. And, I mean, just talking about briefly, um, you know, that Mavericks team, uh, Luka Doncic is just yes. redonkulous, I should say, yes. from deep and in the clutch. I mean, he's just so slow of a step back to hit the three is gorgeous to watch. Um, <laughs> you have, the Clippers have been kind of hitting form. They're hitting stride here with yeah, the number they three seed. They do. Um, the Suns, of course, the CP3 effect. They've been I mean, a surprise. I mean, like, actually, are they a surprise? Because I remember no, how. I didn't know the bubble. Or I mean, I know. We did. We talked about that, and we were like, watch out for them next year. But I didn't know if they were going to be number two seed good. And then, I mean, maybe we should have. I mean, they did add CP3, and we know what his veteran, his impact that seems to do to teams. So, they look good. I'm interested to see uh, they actually played the Nets today. So, I actually might, might might catch a little bit of that game just to see how they do. I know that Brooklyn hasn't been playing their full team. It's not like they need to. They're still number one in the East, which is scary. Kyrie Irving is the best finisher and ball handler, I think, in the league. James Harden isn't even playing. Kevin Durant isn't even playing. They're, they're they're great though, man. I mean, there's we don't really even have to get into talking about them, but yeah, no. I, oh yeah, Katie's only that. played 24 games, dude. Like he's just gonna come alive for the playoffs. He got injured again, but oh my know. goodness. And that's the um, thing, though. What's the thing? The only thing that might hold them back is like if he comes back in the playoffs, and if these injuries continue to linger or something like that, or if he's just maybe you're right, maybe he is just sitting out to come alive in the playoffs. I wouldn't doubt that. But also, like, if he comes back and he tweaks something again, I don't know. Like, KD's been pretty injury prone for a few years now. It's pretty, it's not, it's not been, it has not been good. Oh, yeah. He's definitely got uh, some fragile bones and they're not being rude by any means. But, uh, <laughs> you know, also some big news for the Nets, Lamarcus Aldridge, Gonzo. Yes, I he know. Went, got traded and, you know, and it was a very serious health condition. Like, it was the correct thing to do. But, I mean, uh, it does kind of stink because he would have been a great addition if KD didn't play. Um, I mean, he would have been that role player slash like yep. reliable guy, kind of like a, a little under like a Michael Porter Jr. for the Nuggets, like we were talking about earlier. But uh, you know, it really uh, you hate to see it, and with him potentially going to you know play for that team, and you know, I know they're ring chasing right now. That team is definitely ring chasing. But uh, that's another hit for the Nets. But I think they'll be fine. I mean, obviously, when you have Kyrie and James Harden leading the way. Yeah, okay. and I get, I would, I would agree, but yeah, no, this is the right decision. Honestly, I think this is a good uh, lesson learning point for anybody. Honestly, anybody that, especially the younger generation that's playing sports, like, do not, 
at the end of the day, if there's something that can really potentially put your life at risk, is a is sport worth that? Uh, I mean, you have your entire life to live. Um, he's made obviously enough money. He's had great success in the league. He's done everything that he needs to do. But at some point, is putting your life at risk to play a game is it worth it? Um, in my opinion, I think this is a lesson learned. Do not put yourself in that position. Uh, listen to your doctors. Listen to what's best for you. And he made the right decision. It sucks that he has to step away. I think that, yes, he had a great shot to win his first championship. I think that he deserved his first championship. I think that you're right. He would have been a great addition to the team, especially with KD out. But at the end of the day, make sure that you're healthy. Put um, your family and everybody else that depends on you first. And just make sure that you're there for the long run, man. No, a lot of those things you said, like, that's, like, life-threatening. I know me, I would always will go against those words, like you were just saying, but that's life-threatening. I mean, people can live without legs and whatnot, but when it gets to, you know, uh, things that actually can take away your life, um, you've got to make that decision. I totally agree with you. Uh, but, I mean, just the closing remarks about our NBA uh, talk, that play-in tournament will be kind of fun. Right now, your team will be playing the Washington Wizards with yes. Russ Westbrook. So, I mean, I think they'll be able to get things done. With that, and then uh, the Hornets and the Pacers would play, which Lamelo. There are talks about him coming back. There's talks. I, let's, if he comes back after that injury where he was supposed to be out for the whole year, Rookie of the Year, stamp it. I'm still believing in my guy. I was wearing the Buzz City jersey last night when Shower Pando <laughs> won his fifth Super Bowl, so I was excited uh, for that. But uh, the Hornets are, you know, they're right in the hunt too. I mean, they're still about, I think, three ish. Yeah, games from that seven slash sixty because the Celtics and the Heat are you don't want to be in the playing tournament. I mean, no, I think that's don't. what I'm learning right there. And it's crazy to me that the Celtics are even there too, because I swear every other time that I turn on Sports Center, I see Jason Tatum highlights. I feel like I feel like I always see him ball and yet they don't always pull out the win. It's been it's been subpar as far as record goes. But same with the Heat. We're the defending Eastern Conference champions, man. The defending Eastern Conference champions, and we're about to do the play a tournament. I know we haven't been the most healthy. I mean, like, we got this – We I was super hyped about all those trades, and then Victor Oladipo was out after his second game. <laughs> so, like, and that was unfortunate. But I don't know. There's it, We're flashes. We are the most consistently inconsistent team in the league this season, in my opinion. I mean, Duncan Robinson, welcome to Duncan, has been hit or miss all year. Tyler like Hero, like usual. Hit miss. Yeah, Tyler, Miro, Tyler Hero, hit or miss all year. The only thing that is keeping us together, in my opinion, right now is the fact that we have Jimmy Butler because that man can carry us from night to night if he need be. But I don't know. I feel like we have the experience. We have the same team, if not better than last year. My whole thing is just we got to make it into the playoffs and you got to survive the play. And I think um, the Wizards, even though they have Russ and they have Bradley Beal, like they tend to still lose games all the time, even if Russ drops his triple doubles and all that. I would have confidence that we would be able to win that game and move on. Um, but as far as that, like, yeah, you don't want to be in the playing tournament. We're only a half game behind Boston right now, so I would love to jump you guys and put uh. you guys in that position. Um, so it's going to be close coming down to the wire. We might have to get get a little heights for each of our independent teams again before even the playoffs starts. Just for that playing tournament, I mean, it's going to be like yeah. a Super Bowl itself. Uh, but yeah. – uh... Yeah, and, and talk about my team, you know, uh, you did say it. It's just they're oh, kind of the inconsistent, consistent. And, you know, yeah. we can go on a six-game winning streak, you know, and when Jason Tatum's leading the way. I mean, it is nice when you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both averaging, we'll say, about 25 points a game. And Tristan Thompson, you know, he's getting those eight rebounds. Good, but we need a little bit more from him. It's just that assist category. We're, not, we're kind of playing some selfish ball, and it's kind of nice when you have someone who has a 10-assist game, kind of like a CP3 effect, or like at least eight. Jason Tatum right now is leading the squad with 4.4 assists a game, and that just shows you about the little bit of selfish slash isolation basketball. And right now that's not really cutting it and down the wire. That that can be a make or break in a game, especially in a seven-game series. But, uh, you know, all these pieces are kind of coming you know, together. Evan Fournier, I know he's been injured slash shooting lights out slash, you know, trying to get into a rhythm. But uh, – you know, Kemba's been kind of playing a little well, but it's just kind of seeing what team shows up on that day. And I'm excited. You know, the Celtics got the Hornets today. Um, kind of a little, uh, do I want Lamelo's team to do well? Slash, do I want my team to do well? But uh, we'll see how they do. And hopefully Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can lead, you know, become this dual threat superstar team that you have to run through those two. But we'll see.
Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm all good there. But, I mean, it's going to come down to the wire, and that's what makes basketball exciting. I honestly – a lot of people are starting to talk. I've heard, like, some negative talk about the fact that the play-in tournament is still a thing now that we don't really have the bubble or everything else. But, honestly, I kind of like it. I think it makes oh, it I exciting. I like it a lot. So, people need – I think uh, I think it's good for the sport. I think it was good for the game, and I like that they kept that decision. So, um, I'm just looking forward to it, and hopefully the Heat can – step out of that step out of that little bubble and we'll, we'll keep going but yep we'll get into the nba for sure as we start season two. Oh, and i think it's about 13 podcast. 14 games left each for yes, yes. Team. so some 10 so i mean playoffs is definitely on that horizon like you said i'm so excited for the playing little tournament it's kind of like it's kind of like the appetizer yank you're having the appetizer before the playoffs Ooh, you know you get those <laughs> mini tacos those cheese balls maybe some wings depends where you're at and then hey, the full course absolutely. meal you know, the steak and mashed potatoes comes after for the NBA playoffs. But beyond excited for that, that's when I really tune in and I'm sitting on the couch like, kind of like March Madness. Absolutely, my man. But are you ready? Oh, I know. We've been blabbering and talking all about uh, NBA. Now it's time for why the people are listening to this episode. <laughs> Let's get into it, man. This is the first ever official Mickey's Dizzy Podcast Awards presentation. We've got a few things to discuss. We've got our best takes. We've got the worst takes. We've got our best sports moment from the past year. And then, of course, our MVL, Most Valuable Listener All-Star Game, and the Most Valuable Interview from this past season. Let's talk about it. Where do we want to start, Nick? We're going to talk about our takes. We're going to talk about, because that's what is all about takes <laughs> and what and yank i'm gonna start off with yours now ladies and gentlemen listening we're gonna say what the fans thought were the worst and then how it works here at the magazine podcast is i choose yank's best and worst take and then he will choose my best and worst take no matter what the fans think so yank your worst take 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 oh wow, from season one from the bottom up, you did say that Nick Foles would be the future, the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Over, <laughs> you were completely that wasn't your worst. That the MLB, MLB season only lasting two weeks. Now, Yank, I'm gonna kind of not really agree with you because I knew it wouldn't, but half of the world thought or half of the nation thought there wouldn't be an MLB, MLB season with all the things that happened and with all the, you know, spikes of outbreaks of coronavirus, all that jazz and the cancel culture, like some people could have definitely agreed with you on that. So that is not your worst take, but will Penn state make the college football play? <laughs> Are you serious? That was blasphemous. That is your absolute worst take on this show. Penn State wasn't even near the top there to qualify for that. I remember when you said that, I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? You're going to leave out like an Oklahoma or, you know, these other teams uh, that, you know, even Iowa State, which was a shocker. But like Penn State, really one of the best Big Ten teams, you know, Iowa there too, that uh, Penn State. But Mr. Zizzi, that is your worst take. Season one. And the fans agree. I, I, <laughs> I mean, honestly, in hindsight, 2020, when I look back at everything that I was really confident about, I can't even argue that, man. Like, that that looked so bad after their record. It was so quick. They had three losses in, like, the first five games. I oh, feel yeah. like it, it was so uh, – that turned upside down so quick. But I felt so good for them, man. Like, they had just – Finally looked like they were coming off of this season, this improbable season, where they were going to finally overcome all of those challenges that got set that got set on the program when they basically received the death penalty those years back. And I was thinking, sure. you know, like recruitment, it's Penn State. It still has pedigree and everything like that. They've got a great team still. It's coming off of a good year. It made sense to me. It really made sense to me. But in hindsight, hindsight it's 2020. And, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Yes, that was the absolute worst. Uh, but moving on, <laughs> Zizzy, now you. Oh, now, right, I do not know, but uh, I think the fans will probably agree with you, but I'm going to let you kind of take the reins on it, and then I'll tell you what the fans say. Okay, okay. Now with Mickey, your your worst take of this season. Now, of course, you also had a few 
a few that we could discuss. And honestly, like honestly, there's probably more that weren't even on the list that I would like to bring up. But we'll we'll keep it to the list. First, let's talk about the two that honestly I didn't. I think they were bad. They were bad taste because they were wrong in a way. But like you couldn't really expect or like blame you for them. Let's start with your take on the Clippers and Lakers. <laughs> right. That sat down. So yeah, so the Clippers. You had them beating L.A. in the Western Conference Finals to get to the finals, to be the champions eventually. And to be honest, obviously that was wrong. They didn't even make it to the Western Conference Finals. They're just because they're choke artists, 3-1 lead blown. That is, I will not let that go. But, I mean, every there was, there was a lot of people that felt that way, in my opinion. There was a lot of people that felt that way. So I can't really blame you for that. They, it looked really good on paper. Kawhi was having commercials set with the little crown dangling. Like, he was ready to come for LeBron. It made sense, in my opinion. But, I mean, when you're going against the GOAT, you, you can't bet against the GOAT, man. So, that, that's that. But not, nothing too bad there. And then, of course, the other one with Drew Brees and Michael Thomas being in the best top three duo quarterback, wide receiver duos, whatever, for the season. Honestly, it's not a bad pick, in my opinion. I told you that Drew Brees was on the downcline. I, do, I will say that. I said that he was on the downcline, that on uh, like this is – or the downcline, decline. My bad, guys. Jeez, I sound funny. But he was on the decline. I said this. I said that he was. this was going to be his last season. He was going to retire because his play is just not there anymore. But at the same time, Michael Thomas is honestly good enough to put them in that top three, in my opinion. He really was. So I could agree with you there. Um, but then he gets hurt. And he misses the entire season. So obviously the whole duo, it just it just looks bad for the year. But I can't blame you for that. I can't blame you. Now, let's get to what the fans thought was your worst <laughs> of the year. And that would be Aaron Rodgers. Mickey, what are you thinking when you talk about Aaron Rodgers? I know that you're a Bears fan, and I apologize for that because you have to play against this guy Every year, twice a year in the regular season, you guys have to go against each other. I mean, this year, didn't you guys have to beat them to make the playoffs? I I, I want to say still that. Made it. I know you did. I know. But still, I know the stress that that puts on your heart. And I hope that it doesn't end up killing you early. But man, Aaron Rodgers, to say that he was on the decline, to say that he is like to say that he is not this all time great quarterback anymore, to say that he's not the same talent. Did he win MVP this year or did, did he win MVP this year? MVP. I mean, he was coming off of a season where I want to say it was what? He was 13-3 and three the year before. They still went to the NFC Championship game. He had 26 touchdowns and four interceptions. Why, why, where is the, where, why is that bad? I mean, okay, if you say it's not great compared to his other seasons, well, then let him come in and drop 48 touchdowns and only five interceptions this year and get the MVP. So I want to personally say that if you want to talk about anything debate-wise on this show, that, I will agree with the fans, is your worst take on this show from season one. However, from personal experience, it was not your worst take of the year because the worst take I've ever seen was your connect four skills, Mickey Hyde. <laughs> I have never in my life seen somebody actually lose in just four straight drops in connect four. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I don't care how windy it was. I don't care if it knocked over the board and we had to chase all the pucks around afterwards to lose in four straight turns and connect four. I laid a straight horizontal line, ladies and gentlemen. I have never seen this happen. I have played connect four since I was five years old. I have never seen that happen in my life. That is your worst take from the season, Mickey J. Sides. Yeah. Two of the other ones you said I started off, I agree. I love Bears bias last trying to speak it into existence. You know, when people say that, like, speak it into existence. Um, <laughs> I tried to, and uh, oh boy, did it bit me. And then, you know, uh, terrible, absolute worst take. Uh, give the fans to, you know, laugh about, I guess. But uh, yes, and then <laughs> we were actually playing, um, we were playing this one, and I lost again in five turns. So, oh my god. <laughs> Are terrible. It was kind of like a basketball connect four. It was very cool. And that as well. So I mean, connect four. I will ever play it. 
even against my <laughs> elementary students. Uh, but yeah, my connect four skills. All right, that is a very fair uh, take. That's why I had to add it because it was terrible. Yeah, I just I can't believe I I don't know. I've never seen that. I pre- I'm pretty sure I laid in the fourth one and just kind of stared at you for a second. Like, no way did that just happen. Like that didn't just actually happen. But that absolutely, Mickey, absolutely. All right, now. That was our worst takes, and you guys can always feel free to let us know if you agree. I know the fans somewhat agreed on uh, on all – well, on what? Both of them, right? I know they agreed on the Penn State one. They somewhat agreed with me on Aaron Rodgers. But those Connect Four skills, I feel like, is something that only I truly would have been able to <laughs> realize how bad that was. Anyway, um, let's get to the best takes, and I'll, I'll actually start this one. I'll go with your best takes from this past season, Mickey. And with you, man, like we we had you had great takes all year. Honestly, I, no, I, I thought that you had I thought that you had better takes, like better best takes than I did. Perhaps I'll even give you that. But let's talk about the three that we singled it down to. Uh, first, let's talk about Cam Newton to the Patriots. You know. There was a lot of skepticism. There was a lot of where's he going to go. There's a, like nobody really knew. I did not think it was going to be the Patriots. I did not think that Bill Belichick was ever going to be able to commit to a mobile quarterback or a running quarterback and completely changes his system. I know that it's more Josh McDaniels that runs that offensive scheme, but still, it was a surprising move to me. And you called it from day one, literally from the first episode that we even started discussing, Cam. You were like, hold up now. The Patriots need a quarterback. The Patriots need a quarterback now. So, I, I mean, I, I, I understand. I didn't agree, but it was a great take. However, not your best take in my opinion. Now, let's get to what the fans thought was your best take from the season. And that was that LaMelo Ball will be the best rookie in the NBA. I mean, speaks for itself. This man put a stamp on it, needs to be the rookie of the year. I don't care if he's been injured. I don't care what anybody has to say. Like you said earlier in this podcast, in this episode, if he returns at all, then yes, it's even more certified. Like it's guaranteed. I hope he does. I hope that he is able to come in and play in the play in tournament and makes it a little bit more interesting because they are a much better team with him on the floor, but he is by far the best rookie of the year. There's no debating that, but I kind of expected it from you, man. I mean, you're a big baller brand, like fanatic. Like what did we think you were going to do coming into the draft? I already knew. When we talked about the draft episode, you knew that you had him going number one because you thought that's what he deserved. I'm not saying that's not what he deserved. I just didn't think that was going to be the fit for him, which ended up not being that way. But honestly, I feel like there were still other people that would have said this with you as well, too. So like when I came down to it, I didn't think that it was your best take of the season, but that is what the fans thought. And I can't really I can't I mean, I can't disagree with them. It was a great take. It was 100% correct, in my opinion. So I give them that. But for me, your best take of this uh, of this past season one was Mitch Trubisky. Yes, sir. Uh, Let's go. Defense. Yes, I will give it to you. I hated the fact that we had to talk about him as much as we did. I know that you're the diehard Bears fan that you are. And honestly, that's part of the reason why I thought it was your best take. You truly are ready to die on that hill. You are ready to let everybody know, like this is the bandwagon, the fact that you still were chipping, like you were adding people to the bandwagon and had the pictures made, all that was perfect. But I was the biggest Mitch Trubisky doubter. I've talked about like, why would they go out and get Nick Foles? Why would they do this if they if Nick Foles wasn't going to be the starter? Why, like yada, yada, yada. Mitch Trubisky can't be accurate. Mitch Trubisky turns the ball over too much. He doesn't make good decisions. Well, that can be true sometimes, yes. But as far as this season went, he was 3-0, and and Matt Nagy decided to pull him. I think that's the, what destroyed – I think that's what hurt their season. They wouldn't have had to play the playoff games or play the, play the way they did at the end of the season. They could have maybe pulled out some more wins and had maybe, a, maybe had a chance at a first-round bye. Who knows? But you don't pull – I now know, and everyone should know from now on, you don't pull the starting quarterback when you're undefeated. There's no reason to do that. There's no reason to do that. So that was, we were wrong there. But then when Nick Foles got in, I said, this is going to be better for the team. He's a better passer. He's better this, that, this and that, this and that. And we watched the team lose most of those games. I think Nick Foles only won, what, one game as a starter, maybe two for them this season. But either way, 
Um, he came back and when Mitch Trubisky came back, yeah, they were still, they, they did exactly what they needed to do. They made the playoffs. And when you look, when you look at this, at his stats from this season, I mean, the man only played 10 games. He started only nine of them, but he, I mean, he was a six and six and three or six and two record basically. Um, I mean, his touchdown to interception ratio was two, I mean, two touchdowns to every interception. I mean, 16 to eight, like, I mean, he did not have a bad year. It was much. It was the most improved Mitchell Trubisky I have ever seen, and the fact that you consistently were willing to die on that hill, and that you consistently spat in the face of everybody else that was spitting back at you, saying that you're wrong, that Nick Foles is better, or that any quarterback needs to take over because he is not the one for Chicago. While that may be true, you were still willing to stick with it all year, and in my opinion, you were right, man. It was a good take. I'll give it to you. Oh, Mr. Risky still getting talked about on this podcast, even though he's with the Buffalo Bills now changing up his number. That's A-OK. <laughs> uh, you love to hear it. But, uh, yeah, you know, I stick to my guns. I know me and uh, Zachary Greenwald were definitely two of the biggest fans, and me and him talked about it. Uh, after the Red Rifle, a.k.a. Andy Dalton, whoever that quarterback is, guess what's going to happen, Yank? I'm going to find a will, find a way to boost them up just like I did Mitch. But uh, oh. one of the biggest Bears believers, so you'll be ready for that day. <laughs> And yeah, uh, now going on to your best take. Um, this is kind of the last little uh, awards about the takes we had. Let me get into more awards after that. But let's talk about your best takes. Now, this, you had some pretty good takes. Granted, it was more down your field of your favorite teams. <laughs> now, let's talk about the one which I thought eh, wasn't even one of your best takes. But Cardinals will be a playoff contending team. Yeah, they didn't even make the playoffs because they got knocked out from Chicago. But uh, they yes. were a pretty good team, and they're going to be an even better team next year. We're a Kyler Murray podcast on here. We're definitely hyping up the Arizona Cardinals with D Hop and what, excuse me, and whatnot. So I think if you say that this coming up year, all right, that might be a really good take. But I did not think that was your best take. Then you get into the Miami Heat will win the East. Now, the East was wide open um, this past bubble year. And, uh, you know, it did stink that it was Boston versus Miami. We were hyping it up on the podcast. It was our two teams going at it. And, you know, uh, any Miami Heat team, when you're in that scenario, is think their team's going to win it all. I mean, just like how I said, the Celtics were going to win the East in our pre- uh, preseason playoff predictions for in, uh, the NBA. I don't think that was your best because it really was truly wide open. Now, your best take, which obviously is like the shining best take I think we've had on this show. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, is Tampa Bay will be – Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be the Super Bowl champs. In one of our first ever episodes, you called it. You said this and that, Tom Brady, Gronk, getting the draft picks that they did, that defense, all the above with those you know really good receivers. You called it. And I said that they'd be like the Miami Heat team back in like 2013 where they had to mesh. They had to get that team chemistry down. And then the following year they would win. You know, I had my doubts. Um, I wasn't a huge doubter on it, but I had my doubts, and uh, you stick to it, except for at the very end of the year, yeah, which was kind of blasphemous. <laughs> the Super Bowl was there. You had it in the bag, and you went with, you know, Patty Mahomey. But, uh, <laughs> no, you did call it, and obviously for you to call it that early, if you would put money down on Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the preseason, you would have won, you know, some money there. But uh, that is obviously, I mean, without a doubt, maybe one of our best takes here on this show. So that is your best take, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bucks. Hey, uh, I will take it. I will take it a hundred percent. I know I wanted to sit on that. The only thing that does frustrate me is when I think about to that. Yes, I had one dang week where all I had to do was just pull a Mickey Hines and die on that hill, and I wanted yep. to jump off it. I was too scared. I, I I don't know why, but at the same time, yes, I was calling this for weeks upon weeks upon weeks, guys. This is the goat. This is the greatest of all time to do it. Everybody said like this was the top five defense coming into the league coming into the season. They had a quarterback that started an ESPN 30 for 30 episode. Okay. If they didn't have this, they would have won the Super Bowl the season before. I'm telling you that. But with Tom Brady, the addition of him, the addition of Gronk, who obviously was a big change during the Super Bowl itself, the addition of Antonio Brown, the addition of uh, Leonard Fournette. They, he brought, he created a super team, yes, and some people would have also been like, well, is it really that great of a pick? Yes, it was, because everyone still believed Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were that much better. And honestly, 
I can't really fault them for that. They're gonna they're a dynasty. They're gonna be back this next season for blood, especially after some of these trades and old linemen they're picking up to protect Patrick Mahomes. But I'm just saying, Tampa Bay, been calling that, been saying it for a long time. So I appreciate you all. Thank you. Yes, and the fans did say that as well. The Tampa Bay Bucks uh, prediction that you had was the best take. So I have agreed with both of your takes with the fans. But, uh, yeah, those are our best and worst takes and our, our champions, a.k.a. our award winners. Now let's go on to our moment of the, of the year. Moment of season one, I guess is how we should be phrasing this. Moment yes. of season one. Now, Zizzy, I'm going to let you take the reins on this one because I kind of have one slash two, depending if we have the same one. Okay. Now, Mr. Zizzy, what is your moment of the year? The best moment in sports from this past season one of the Mickey Zizzy podcast? The best moment in sports, and we had to discuss it. We debated it hotly. We are a big-time NBA podcast. But for me, the biggest moment in sports this season was the end of the NBA's championship with the Lakers winning their um, NBA championship this past season. Um, to me – it signified a whole bunch of things. It signified the return of sports. It signified the pandemic. It signified Kobe Bryant, which was another huge moment of in sports just in general this from this past year. Um, there's just so much to me that was tied into that, that to just sit there and watch the moment, watch the trophy be presented, to watch the bubble be, conduct, um, be conducted and have everything go 100%. A-okay, nobody got sick, nobody got infected, everybody was, everything went according to plan. Um, to watch everything that went into that, to watch everything that ha- that was affected by that or was basically like a result of that, it, it, was, it was overwhelming almost in a way. Like we had sports stop for months upon months upon months. And the NBA returned. It was basically the first major sport to have their championship since the, since the pandemic. And for them to do that and be able to accomplish what they did with the creation of the bubble, with the fact that it was the Lakers winning it, that signifies the death and remembrance of Kobe Bryant. Like it, that all to me was, it was, it was poetic, honestly. And to me, that is my sports, best sports moment from this past year in 2020. Is the NBA bubble, correct? Yeah. The NBA, the NBA bubble, NBA, <sighs> the Lakers winning the championship. Yeah. Well, Ian. Sometimes we do agree on this show, and today we do once again. Now, I thought, you know, you maybe go with your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady winning ring number, what, seven now, um, <laughs> and the Bucks being Super Bowl champs, something you predicted, another successful NFL season, and uh, whatnot, him going to a different team. I thought maybe, you know, down the road of, you know, any other sports, but I think, you know, I even wrote it down as well that the NBA bubble being successful, completing is the sports moment of the year, just because of the year type of year we've had. And you kind of hit a lot of those points there, Yank, is we did, we had a time when there was no sports. We looked on sports center. It was reruns. It was the last dance. I remember we were watching the last dance. Yeah. Or, um, all gone summer or whatever. The Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire. Yeah. We were watching 30 for 30s to talk yeah. about sports, man. <laughs> exactly. And for that, just to finish with everyone being safe, with crowning a champion, lifting up the uh, Larry O'Brien trophy with, you know, the amazing pictures with the goggles on and the champagne being popped. Like, we got to see that because of a successful bubble season. And we saw a lot of great moments from a 9-0 Suns team to 50-point games going back and forth like Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray. Um, it was such a fun bubble to watch, and that was so successful of a, you know, sports being brought back even during this pandemic. And I think it, you know, both ways it has to be the, you know, that's definitely my moment of the year. And I said I was maybe going to go with the Bucks if you went with that, but, I mean, you have to bring up the NBA bubble when talking about this pandemic in sports. Absolutely. And I mean, I mean, I feel like a lot of people could probably agree because this past year has been unprecedented. We've never had really anything like this happen when it comes to sports and anything like that and really just the world in general. So this is this is pretty crazy. Um, It was a crazy year. We made it through. But yeah, that that symbolized everything for me. I agree. Totally agree. So that is Mickey and Zizzy's moment of the year is the a successful NBA bubble. Um, another yeah, great award, something just to highlight the year and highlight one of the biggest things, which, I mean, we still could talk about this day because of how crazy it was. And now that we're 
getting to a regular, you know, NBA playoffs. Maybe it is a bubble format. Maybe it's not. Um, I'm still waiting to hear like official word on that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't think they will because they are letting like a little bit of fans in and they're doing all the contract tracing and with people getting vaccinated and whatnot. Like I heard things Mm -hmm. about how you know even if you have the vaccine, you can't you know get it and give it to someone else without feeling the effect. So that's awesome. Um, So hopefully you know that era will come to a close here as well. But uh, both agree on the moment of the year, and that's super awesome. I mean, it definitely defines this past year. Absolutely. Now, we're going into our last two awards here, ladies and gentlemen. I know this episode is getting kind of crazy, but <laughs> you already know we got to talk about it. Now we're going to talk about the interview of the year. Now, Mr. Zezzy, we have to go from how many views, how many lessons it did have, and in that week, that kind of um, promote week, that listen to my episode week, we had the three people, Austin Ash, Nolan Tubal, yes. and Mark Mason. Remember, Austin Ash was a basketball player for Iowa. He just played in March Madness this past March yes, Madness. Sir. There's Nolan Tubal, who was an ex. Uh, he used to be a track runner as well. He won his four years. He's part of the Big Ten champions for track and field for Iowa. And then Mark Mason, which we already know, Superman of all superfans, especially for Cornell sports. So, in blast, who got the most views was actually. Austin Ash, and he had the most listens going into that week, and then he didn't get that many listens. Then I thought he would, so he was in third place. He got third for the most valuable uh, interview uh, of the year. Then comes down to these two, and which I kind of knew it, but I kind of didn't. Shocker here, Yank. Mark Mason was number two. He earned ooh. the second most amount of listens during that week. Super fan, I know we have some controversial talks about Mark Mace, our man, <laughs> uh, right after this. But the most valuable interview of the year, the tracks are the disc golf enthusiast, the one and only goofball of a man, Nolan Tubal. Congratulations, awesome, Nolan. Thank you for letting us share your story as well here on the Mickey Zizzy podcast. We're sharing who you are. I know I'll be getting to you. You are also getting what a first ever t-shirt of the mickey's Easy podcast and i have a little award for you i'll be getting to that Woo-hoo! to you soon i'll be posting on the twitter giving it to you um i know we got some shirts in the making that's some of the big things about season two we're gonna be getting here but uh nolan tubal was the most valuable interview with the most listens that week and uh he's our first ever so i mean congrats to him and we'll have many more interviews moving forward and i got some really big plans and uh means as you do for interviews of people who we want to talk to but that is our most valuable interview absolutely congrats to nolan man that's awesome i mean everybody please go back re-listen to it as many times as you want to uh spread the love share it on social media if we want i mean it's just awesome getting everybody's story out everybody likes to hear i mean everybody has different perspectives everybody comes from a different upbringing everybody um, has different life experiences it's just awesome to share those um maybe we'll do something just because he is the winner from this year maybe we'll bring him back for season two who knows? We've got a bunch Without of stuff going for everybody, but absolutely, first and foremost, and lastly, congratulations, Nolan. All righty, now the big one. Another event where Mickey and Zizzy go at it <laughs> in our <laughs> contest, we will say. Now, we have the most valuable listeners all-star game, where we chose three listeners of the podcast who we thought would score the highest on a Google form, on a, on a quiz, to be honest with you. Now, Yank, I have some unfortunate news. Oh, no. One of your players did not submit a form. After most oh, times, I was worried. To him twice. I was worried. I was worried. Mark Mason did not submit one. He did not show up to the game to help you out. All right. And that, that was one of the dudes we wanted to be on our teams. Unfortunate. We know Mark has a very busy schedule, but yeah. you know, we got to shout All him good. out as well. All good, man. All good. All it's positive. Good. Stay positive. I'm hoping my other two can carry. Okay, well, you said the other two can carry. We're going to talk about your team a little bit more. Your friend, Trey Reynolds, right? Yeah. the name correctly? Trey, he scored Trey, a Trey. 14 out of 42. We did a 42 oh. uh, spite of your number back in college. Inspiration. 42 inspiration. points. 14 points. Um, kind of rough there. Uh, not the best. Right. I mean, that's actually the worst score besides right, the zero by more. And then you had Daniel Brown, who had a 32 out of 42. That's my dog. Save Pretty us. Pretty good showing by Daniel Brown. He had the second highest most points scored oh, in the game. Yank, there's 126 possible points. You scored 46. 
That zero really killed you, but you needed a quite, quite the uh, performance, like one of my members did. All right, let's hear it, man. Okay, so the blasphemous first round pick. Do you remember Anthony Bennett, the Cleveland Cavaliers first round pick back in the day? (laughs) This is the type of pick I had, Yank. I am absolutely astounded, so upset about Hunter Wright's performance. He scored a 16. He was my first round draft pick, the first pick in the first ever Most Valuable Listeners All Star game. And he scored a 16. Yank. <laughs> he spelt my name. Who are the co hosts for the Mickey Zizzy podcast? He misspelled my name wrong. Oh, come on, Hunter, man. Come on, man. That is so terrible. We gave him the answer. I remember texting you. I'm like, we give them the answer. Do you want to do it? I'm like, yeah, they'll all get a freebie. And oh my goodness, he got it wrong. <laughs> I am Gotta so love it, upset. Gotta love it, man. But you know, Hunter, good for you. You know, you do, you are on my team. I don't know if I'm going to pick you up next year as a first round draft pick. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's that's all right. Name. That's all right. Bring him over here. Bring him over here. Now, we go to Cheyenne Mino with the second highest on my team, who scored a thirty. Ooh, not bad, man. Dang, that hurts. That actually hurts right there because that's about – now we're tied. It's so tied. basically, Yeah, it's, it's tied. tied going that. into one. Dang it, no. no. Cheyenne did well. He scored that 30. He was very consistent. He's a very consistent listener. He's always giving us feedback and whatnot. Shy did what, you know, I thought Cheyenne would do. You know, a 30, that's great. Only missing 12. I mean, some of those questions are actually pretty hard. Now – the best thing, and I called it that this would be the sleeper, Robin DeLay. Haley DeLay's. She scored a 37, the highest score no way. on it. She went and no did her way. research. She went back and listened to episodes. She said, all right, Jeez, I won't. She was doing research. What the heck? She's like, I won't look at the Google form yet. She went and clicked, and she was just listening, listening. She's like, you know what? I won't listen anymore. I'll take your Google form. And boom, scores a whopping 37. Oh just to blow gosh. it out of the water. So Mark really would have had to put on a show there no to perform way. well. But 37, the biggest sleeper of all time, Robin DeLay. She's been, you know, waiting to hear the results of this. She's on it like that. Okay. So, once again, I am beyond excited to say that Mickey's now 4-0 against Zizzy in all the events. That's a quick season one sweep. Okay. Oh, that's a a, a sweep. Oh, my God. Over here. Uh, so that was a huge shocker. I didn't think a 37, like missed one question. Whoa. No, I'm pretty blown on that. That's crazy. <laughs> Which one was the one she missed? I'm pretty sure I have to go back and look, but it was the, uh, what team did you not have? In, what team did I not have in my preseason, like top fives? For oh, NFC that actually got a lot of people. It got everyone. We, yeah, because we were, we talked about what we did was in that episode, we talked about all those teams, but you would, you would like talk about them and skim over them, but you wouldn't put them in your top five. Like it was, it, I think that got people. <laughs> exactly. And I didn't have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which that was kind of like the trick question why I added it because they ended up winning the Super Bowl. I thought they yeah. wouldn't be it because I thought the Minnesota Vikings would be, you know, a hot team as well with the Chicago Bears just trying to boost up the NFC North. And a boy was I wrong about that Vikings pick, but uh, yeah, the Bucks were not. And that's the question that most of them got wrong. So, yeah, understandable, understandable. But with that being said, dang, wow, a quick, uh, a quick sweep. I don't know how to feel about that. We better come back strong next year, Zizzy Nathan, because like this is a ball. I can't take that. Hey, four um, no. You know how I ball. <laughs> um, I chose the right listeners, except for oh my goodness, I really thought after that first submission. Uh, well, when you, I, when I you mentioned awful. something to me about it, I, I started getting a little excited. I was like, oh, that's big time. That's big time. But, yeah, it was a very exciting season one. Um, all the awards. I will be taking the champion of the most valuable uh, listener all-star game. Uh, 1-0 there. That's going to be great. Hopefully, wait until next year as well, where we have new listeners maybe that we'd put it onto this. But uh, a great finale for uh, season one, a lot of great things, a lot of great things recapped. But uh, any kind of closing remarks from you about season one? Not uh, other than just the fact that this, re- like, we really did it, man. Like, we did a whole year. It was fun. We enjoyed it. And only thing, only can go up for season two. Yeah, I'm excited to get started on that. And I hope that 
everybody that listens is also just as excited as we are. Oh, yeah, I'm beyond excited. It uh, means as you have some very big, bigger plans, even than season one, to uh, grow the podcast. I want to say thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will keep it on up moving forward. And with that being said, until next time on season two, if you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Are we cutting it up? Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is, the Mickey Zizzy podcast. Peace. Peace.